KSIV now presents Encounter, a public service program of Bot Radio Network, dedicated to keeping you informed about the issues that affect your life. Now, here's today's Encounter broadcast. My goal is that they may be encouraged in heart and united in love so that they may have the full riches of complete understanding in order that they may know the mystery of God, namely Christ, in whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. Colossians 2, verses 2 through 3. Welcome to Encounter. I'm Stacey Washington, filling in again today, and it's my pleasure to be with you here on Bot Radio. And to welcome our guest into the program, we have the vision leader and CEO of Thrive St. Louis, Bridget Van Means, my sister. Welcome to the show. Hey, hey. <laughs> Hi, Stacey. Hi. Talking with you today. I'm so excited. Okay, so first of all, I was already thinking as soon as, as uh, Fred said that, you know, hey, come join us and, and fill in a little bit. We're talking about COVID-19. And you and I had already been texting. And you said, hey, we're doing a prayer siege. And then you sent out this huge email. And the first thing I thought was, I I don't know who Fred has lined up for us to talk to, but I hope one of the opportunities we can get Bridget in the studio to talk about the prayer siege, because since Monday to today, which is Friday, I've literally, I have this feeling of excitement. I get up in the morning and then I think, ooh, I got prayer at 830. I'm literally that excited about it. So I'm, yeah, I'm, the, I'm it doesn't matter where I am. To pray. But yes. It seems like there's something God's doing a little bit special. Um, yeah. Even so more special than usual. Talk um, about that. Like, what, right. Well, how, why did you decide to do it? And, and what, are, what do you see happening? Well, you are like me and everybody knows that we believe in a God who does stuff. And I don't want to serve a God who doesn't do stuff, and I don't want to do stuff that doesn't do stuff. <laughs> so as we, as this wave of, you know, not just the horrifying things that were happening, but the projections and the prognosis and these waves of horror, I mean, literally horror that are, were coming in, and I just went to the Lord, and, and actually our chairman of the board and his wife have... Um, close friends and family in China, and they started getting some of the the true input that wasn't being blocked by the government there. And they had given me a heads up about six weeks ago, you, you need to be praying about this. This is worse than China's making it sound. So, you know, I'm attentive. These are people that are spiritually um, accurate and also very, very brilliant. So I prayed. But, of course, it's not until you really start seeing the things wave in, you know, that you can um, maybe emotionally connect with it. And so Mm -hmm. I just started seeking the Lord, and um, things were sounding so horrible last week. And something just rose up in me. You know what? We are the Missouri miracle. We are the first abortion-free state in the country. Um, God promised to do that. Uh, We are not sacrificing innocent blood on this land. And I feel that we have a responsibility to really step in. And the term that I felt like the Lord prompted in my heart was to step up as intercessory leadership, that we were to step into a position of leadership, uh, to lead towards intercession, and that we should stand from a confident posture that uh, we're, we're not better than anybody else. Uh, but this land that we are dwelling in, that God has planted us in, Uh, We are not sacrificing innocent children. Our children are not passing through the fire here. Um, They are not being offered up to the God of Molech. And that we felt that that meant that there were certain uh, spiritual dynamics that weren't in play here. And that, you know, maybe we could posture and position ourselves 
uh, from a place of boldness and that we could ask for a Passover um, for the state of Missouri, uh, but also for a Passover of America. And then um, we had lots of people praying, and they were all getting similar words and a lot of stuff from the Passover, the scriptures about Passover, the scriptures about Goshen. So it started taking on a life of its own. And so then I just, you know, I, I feel like the Lord just prompted me, you know what, we're going to pray, and you know how I am, I'm kind of stubborn and dogmatic a little bit. You know what? We're going to lock in like bulldogs. We're going to pray every morning. I figured 8.30 people would either, it would be before their day got going, and maybe a lot of them would be in drive time, you know, before we knew none of us would be driving anywhere. But I felt like that 8.30 in the morning, catch people, promise it to be quick. It's running a little bit longer, but people are actually loving that. And of course, they can jump off if they want to. But I, you know, the concept of a siege, like I wanted it to feel aggressive and and attacking against the attack against our people and our country. So that's where the idea of this 15-minute prayer siege, and then I loved the idea of having guests on that would pray. And so the the protocol is kind of um, a leader, um, someone who is a pro-life leader, or someone who we know is life-affirming, a pastor, and then, you know, a layperson, a stakeholder, a partner, a friend. Um, and so it's been a nice combination, and each person prays for about five minutes, and as I said, they've sometimes been running a little longer. We excuse everyone at the 15 minutes, but then people who want to stay, stay. <laughs> and then it seems like everybody stays. And uh, God has just been blessing us. And he has been, um, we feel, giving us a vision for a quick end to this thing. Um, we actually stated three goals of prayer. Um, and we have gotten bold and specific in our style of prayer, especially since God's been so faithful here in Missouri around that vision to be the first abortion-free state. And so we prayed for a 99% reduction in the results against the projections of of people that died or even were infected. Um, We prayed for uh, zero negative impact, you know, permanent impact on the economy, that the economic trends would be completely reversed. Um, And then we also prayed for a, a sweeping revival, repentance and revival across the nation. So those are the three things that we're drilling down into. But, of course, from that, you know, and you've prayed as well, different things are flowing from that. But those are the three things. Like, we put it out there. We we have we are praying for a 99% collapse of the various scenarios that have been played before us. And you know what, Stacey, for the first time I heard um, one of the doctors was on Fox News, and she she said it out loud. She said... You know, they've been forecasting five people infected, but um, with the plans that we have in place, why can't it be 50,000? Well, that number happens to be exactly 99.9% collapse <laughs> projected. So we feel like God's even giving us little signs, you know, that he's going to do just exactly what we prayed. And actually, I really felt like I got um, kind of a promise in my heart that the uh, the financial scope is actually really going to be more of a jubilee, that there are going to be some really exciting things that happen for God's people in this season as we bounce back from this attack. So you you talked a little bit about um, something that's near to my heart is that 
not only do we connect what happens in the world of abortion and what the liberals like to call family planning, because most Americans have cordoned that off. We don't include abortion as one of the number one killers of human beings, period, across the entire planet and specifically in the United States. We don't actually count abortion deaths or the complications that women experience in any other metric. But those things impact our whole society because in the Bible, God talks about not touching his anointed, first of all, mm-hmm. um, what you do to the least of these you do to me. Mm-hmm. And he says he's formed us before he formed the deep. He mm-hmm. knew us by name, every one of us. So that's an amazing scope that I don't think we really wrap our minds around that we serve a God who's so big that he can know every person who's ever going to be all before he ever formed the place where we would live. But that's mm-hmm. the truth of the Bible. And so when you connect those things up, it's important for us to say, Lord, we're obedient in this area. We're, we're the only state in the nation mm-hmm. that is obedient in this area. And therefore, we step to the throne boldly, not because we're obedient, but because we, were, we are your children. And we know you're going to do it. We know you're going to answer. Mm-hmm. You're faithful and you cannot fail. So then, then that takes us into a new realm where you first said 10 years ago, I think it was, yeah, abortion-free state. Right. Abortion free state. You said it to me to my face. We had just met. I was thinking this is you almost blew the hair off my head. I'm not sure what kind of hair I was wearing back then. I got my real hair now, but I might have been wearing a wig that day. I don't know. But you blew my hair back. I was literally I went home and told my husband, I was like, I met this woman today and she said one day abortion will no longer happen at the Planned Parenthood in Missouri, that it's going to be an abortion free state. He was like, that's amazing. What do you think? I said, oh, I. I'm blown away. I hope I hope she's right. I pray she's right. Well, here we are 10 years later. So if we know God can do that, we know we can do it. But it's yeah. what we believe, right? What we, yeah. if we now we're walking in the land. We've we've seen it. It's happening. Right. We're in it. Mm-hmm. So yeah. then when you say something like that, that kind of prophetic announcement about the COVID virus, it's a lot of people are just so wrapped up in fear and it's understandable. But God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of peace, love, and a sound mind. As Christians, we ought to know that, but we still mm-hmm. need to go back to it and meditate on it. If you're feeling fearful, get that scripture and sit on it and just mm-hmm. read it, speak it, pray it, think about it, do it every day until the fear is mm-hmm. gone. But Bridget, you're talking about some radical, crazy, outsized faith type stuff, and it's exciting. I'm I'm there with you. I'm already there. I'm a believer. But mm-hmm. how can you kind of delineate this for people we're seeing answer prayer. I'm literally looking around. I'm I'm mm-hmm. on Instagram. I see answer mm-hmm. prayer from a friend. I someone uh, my 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 mom has had this. My dad has had that. Answered prayer in my own life. Answered prayer. So God is in the business of bolstering us up when we're supposed to be weak. He makes us strong by answering our prayers and showing us, mm-hmm. look, I haven't changed. I'm still here. Just stay the course. So talk a little bit about that for people who are out there. They're feeling fearful. You know, no food on the shelves. All that mm-hmm. stuff. Right. So I'm a bit of, I have kind of an engineering mind. I like to strategize things. So when I'm facing a problem, I'm going to go to the word and I'm, I really, my team will tell you, I'll circle the problem and I'll say, hmm, you know, what does God say in his word about this? Or, um, and also what promises has he made that I feel I have a right to um, he says he loves to have his word, like he loves to be brought into remembrance of his word. Stacy, he says he exalts his word above his name. So his word is bond. So when I'm facing a situation, 
I'm going to go to the Holy Spirit. Who well, let's put a pin in it right there. Right there. Yep. We're going to come right back at that second okay. after this break. You're listening to Encounter with Stacey Washington and Bridget Van Means. We'll be right back. Awesome. Welcome back to Encounter. I'm Stacey Washington, and I have been so blessed by our just brief time together just a couple of seconds ago, and we're continuing on. I want to ask Bridget Van Means, uh, she's the vision leader and CEO of Thrive St. Louis, to continue on in your thought that you were just beginning about how you unpack problems. You talked about engineering mind, circling the problem, and then you go to the word and say, what does God's word say, and then what? Mm-hmm. And, you know, what I do want to say, just because, you know, um, lots of people have different spiritual theories, and one of the things that I love is becoming so heavenly minded that you're no earthly good. Have you ever heard that? <laughs> We're just head in the clouds, and oh, they're so spiritual, but it's it's not practical. And so my team will tell you that they have seen um, ten years of a very practical God solving very practical problems and sometimes very very urgent problems. And so I look at it as you know this is a team sport, so. Uh, we're facing this crisis. The first thing that I'm going to do is I'm going to ask the Holy Spirit, uh, who's our coach, who promised to uh, be our helper, our helpmate. In fact, Jesus even said, you know what, it's actually awesome that I'm going to the Father, because I'm going to send you a helpmate, and basically he's rocking. So I hope I'm allowed to <laughs> uh, oh, yes. word a little uh, bit that way. But fantastic. that's basically what he said. And so I'm going to go to the Holy Spirit, and I'm going to say, Holy Spirit, I'm going to ask you to coach me through this situation using the Word of God. And so when I open that Bible, it's not just words on paper. You know, those promises begin to take life for me. And basically what I'm looking for, Stacey, is what are the promises in the Word? What has God said He will do or has done that apply to this great crisis that we're facing and so that's exactly what I do. And I've actually even trained my team that when they're facing a crisis or a need, they should say, Father, how do you want to be glorified in this situation? Go straight to that. Don't, oh, Lord, help us. No, he's going to help us. How does he want to be glorified? And then another way to keep it very practical for your listeners, I'll actually say, and I've trained my team to say, Father, what promise do you want to fulfill in this crisis? right? So mm. people at home, you said, uh, money is cut off. Worst case scenario, people are sick. Um, some are uh, quarantined, don't know if they're sick. Uh, the, the forecast that's on the news, I'm sorry, but it, it's about enough to drive you out of your mind at some point. I mean, some of the projections that they have laid out for us are literally unthinkable. There's something out of an apocalyptic nightmare, and so I'm looking at that situation, and I'm saying, Father, what promises do you want to fulfill in this situation? And so I did that process, and, you know, there are some things that we've learned also through the spiritual warfare that Thrive has gone through. You know, we've tangled with some pretty dark characters. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that we've learned is, you know, we don't believe that Father brings in anything like this. But what we believe is we edge ourselves out of protection, through the things that we do, the choices that we make, and and it makes it harder for him to protect us. So we call those open doors to the enemy. Mm -hmm. I'm going to want to make sure that I have those those doors closed. And America has closed a lot of doors, Stacey. So I also believe in spiritual authority and spiritual covering. I believe in lines of authority. They they, They matter when I don't like the president. 
they matter when I do like the president. But authority is appointed of God. The word is clear about that. So when I look at a president who has set his heart hard against abortion, I'm not talking about his personality. I'm not talking about his spray tan. Okay, I'm talking about the choices that he has made that are God-honoring. So he has set his heart hard against abortion, not just through word, but through radical deeds and dramatic deeds, like defunding Planned Parenthood, Mm -hmm. defending the unborn from the Mm -hmm. stage, um, attending and speaking at the March for Life, the first sitting president, such things, Mm -hmm. making it clear that unborn life is sacred and made in the image of God, saying that clearly, setting his heart hard against that. What about restoring prayer in the schools? Just that one act. Mm-hmm. Um, choosing Supreme Court justices that he knows are going to represent the Constitution, but also he knows are going to protect the unborn. Um, declaring Jerusalem as cap- the capital of Israel. <laughs> so many, many things that are aligned with God's heart, and, and quite frankly, in my belief, aligned with God's, God's um, priorities. Um, protecting the martyrs, protecting the persecuted church. These things that I feel close the enemy's access to our nation. So I'm looking at a president who I believe is is aligned. I didn't say perfect, but aligned Mm. in some really important ways. And then we have a state that's aligned in very important ways. Our governor is set hard, his heart against abortion, and set hard for the Lord. And then I look at a promise that just says this, and you, you prayed it this week that our Father's eyes are looking to and fro for Mm -hmm. someone whose heart is set hard towards Him so that He can be strong in His goodness towards them. And so when you put that together to me, I have a blueprint for a promise that says, I have come that you might have life and have it abundantly. So when I'm looking at the news, and this projection defies life, and this projection defies abundance, then I know I have a legal right and legal grounds to resist that thing, to resist the enemy's attack on this country, and that he must flee. And then I have to go about getting agreement, because there's great power in agreement. And the Word says that if two of us even agree, it will be done. And so I gathered my team around on Monday. I laid my case in front of them as to why I felt that we had great authority in this situation. And then I also gave them the spiritual impression that I thought the whole thing was going to collapse in two weeks. Uh, That was on Monday that I said that. I felt that God was going to collapse this thing. And yes, it was going to be a miracle, but it's no bigger miracle than miracles we've seen in the Bible. He's the Mm -hmm. same God. But does he have the same Moseses to work through? He needs Moseses to work through. He needs Esther's to work through. He needs David's to work through. All he needs Anna's to pray through. He, he needs him. That's right. All of the people that you're talking about in the Bible. And I think when we get in our feelings and get to looking around at what is happening in the natural and listening to what people are saying, and like you said, watching the television and listening to these prognostications of doom, that edges out the Holy Spirit. That fills our hearts and our minds with a spirit of fear and an inability to hear what God is trying to say to us. And so he's he's radically interested in doing things that, number one, bring glory to his name. Number two, bolster our faith and draw us into closer relationship with him. And three, send his name out into the nation so that others can come to him. So this is an opportunity for that. And I, I, I want to segue into something that I've been pounding since uh, the since. I got the announcement for the very first, I think it was a little over a week ago, a friend of mine texted into a little chat group and said, 
I hear tell that they're going to send the kids home from Harvard. And like 10 minutes later, she's like, Harvard's given the kids five days to go. And right then I said, Lord, I think the kids are coming home. And a a week and a half later, Mm -hmm. my kids landed at home from a a school here in Missouri. So it takes longer for the the smaller local schools to, to get on board. But eventually all the college students were told, you know, unless you don't have Wi-Fi or ability to access your remote learning, you need to go home. And then we've learned that our daughter is not going back after spring break. On Monday, she begins distance learning from home. Even though we live three minutes from her high school, they're not opening back up. So every kid in America is at home right now. That doesn't happen. That has never happened since I've been alive. I've never known of every kid to be home. College all the way down to the preschoolers and the babies. Everybody's home. So this is an opportunity. God does not accidentally send all of the children in America away from the indoctrination centers where they're learning about sex and condoms on bananas and every other evil thing. He sends them home for a purpose. Everything he does accomplishes his will and bolsters what we know about what his word says. So talk a little bit about what parents can be doing right now. Your kid's at home. You might be a little scared. Maybe you haven't spent a lot of time with your kid. I, I'm, I'm overjoyed, but everybody has their own feelings. What can parents do right now as the kids are in at home? And we don't know how long it's going to be, but you want to take advantage of this. It's a precious, sweet, God-given moment. Mm-hmm. Well, first of all, I'm my daughter just turned 16, so I'm so happy that it, I get to keep her home. <laughs> Me too. I've enjoyed every single minute of it. Um and I know that it's been a whole lot easier to get her to sit down and do devotions with me, you know, so it's something where I, I feel like I'm sometimes chasing after her to do that. So I've got a, a real uh, team-friendly one called High God by Nicole Crank, and so we do our devotions together now. We're praying. We're doing group chats with her friends. Um, the other thing is uh, movies, wholesome movies. Um, movies that I've had kind of on the list that I, it's been a little bit hard to get her just, you know, to sit down and spend um, time with me, meals together. We've been cooking, uh, doing some, some fun recipes, you know, more of that kind of thing. So kind of hunkering down, like if it was a snowstorm, we're trying to create mm-hmm. that kind of a feeling. Um, and then, of course, she has her tele-learning, so that takes about, you know, uh, they're, they're actually doing theirs real time. So she's on from 8 till noon. But we're really trying to make it feel kind of like that snow day feeling um, mm-hmm. and those sorts of things that you might do or even uh, in a cabin, you know, away from home. So I don't know that I have, um, you know, the most brilliant creative ideas, but I know just for me, having those kinds of experience with experiences with her is harder because of her age. So I think those are fantastic suggestions. And I think the most important thing that you shared is the attitude about it. Instead of saying, oh, no, you know, you can't go back to school. It's I I told my kids, I said, I know your lives have been disrupted. And I know you may be feeling a little discombobulated and maybe even annoyed because you had a certain routine that you were getting into. And now you're you changing. But I said, I'm overjoyed that you're home. And I I love you guys. I miss you so much all the time. And so for you to be here learning I said, I'm just, I'm so excited and I hope y'all can stand me, you know. So give the number out for the prayer call, Bridget, as we close out here. Will you guys join us? We've actually decided to go Monday through Saturday up until Easter. Takes us right through Passover, by the way. The number for the siege, it's 8.30 a.m. Central, Monday through Saturday through Easter, 314-627-6338, 314-627-6338. Encounter is you and the issues, where the facts and opinions make you an informed citizen of St. Louis. Thank you for your participation. 
Let a friend know about this talk and issues feature of Bot Radio Network and KSIV. Then join us next time for Encounter.